Welcome to Photomission Focus, discussing photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode of Focus, I'm flying solo. Episode number 262, so the numbers just keep stacking up there. But anyway, let's talk about photographs and different types of photographs from different types of photography into context because photographs from different areas of photography are all different and have all different traits to them. So I thought I might just kind of work through some of the types of images that people capture to different types of photographers and talk about about those particular images and about what it means because like I said there's different kind of rules and I suppose different ways that those images are created and manipulated so then let's get into this episode so the first one I want to talk about is say a photojournalism photojournalism photos are probably the most truthful photos out there because Photojournalism is about telling what's happening. It's, it's showing you what, what's going on, like whether it be a disaster and within that disaster documenting a, a bushfire or documenting some other natural disaster or something else that the photographs have to be truly represent the scene. They can't be... You don't have... As a photojournalist, you don't have the opportunity to get really creative with your images because you have to really capture what is happening as it is so the viewer can basically get an idea as if they were really there and I think it's always a struggle for I mean quite often photographers we always like present stuff in a particular way but I think as photojournalists you have to make sure that you're not actually misrepresenting the scene and I think that's really challenging things sometimes that you know different camera angles as we know using diff- even different camera angles and other techniques you know blurring out backgrounds and doing them can change the look of a scene but really if you're trying to document that scene and really be expressing that to show somebody what's going on in that particular area at that particular time it's got to be totally truthful and I think that's the one thing about photojournalism. It is, and I've, I've spoken to many photojournalists who've talked about even being reluctant um, sometimes when there's a big scene of just stitching images together to create, but not not changing anything within the scene whatsoever, like not you know removing anything or adding anything to it, but just simply stitching. They, they even feel that that is misrepresenting the scene because of what they've done is they've taken maybe a number of images and they've put them together just to give the viewer you know a greater view overview of what's going on so a lot of photojournalistic photographers like I said are incredibly honest in their approach to how they approach photography and they look at how they're actually going to capture something and how they're going to actually make sure that it's not misrepresented and I know, look, at certain times, photojournalism comes under some scrutiny. Recently, there was a there was an instance where um, there was a, and, and it wouldn't have been the actual um, photographer, I don't believe, that probably did it. It was probably someone um, down the line who, who manipulated an image and changed a particular image with a person in it. And it can change the whole, it can change the whole meaning of the image. It can really change what that image is saying it can really be trying to say a different story and again that's not not, not what photojournalism is about photojournalism is about is about you know telling the truth and being 100% honest and I think I said all the photojournalists that I've ever spoken to all have that 
kind of ingrained in them that how they actually go about their work and and like I said, so a lot of photojournalism, particularly the well-known ones, I really trust their work. I look at their work and I actually know that what I'm seeing is actually what they saw through the lens. It's not, not hasn't been changed. It hasn't been manipulated. So again, it's kind of a discipline of work, which is probably, like I said, for some people might find it challenging to be able to kind of do that day in, day out, replicate that type of work. And again, it's kind of, one of those very different things of photography, as we'll talk about in this episode, that you know, there's quite a lot, a lot of other areas of photography where there's quite a lot of latitude for creative license to come into the images and how the images are finally represented to the viewer. So I think photojournalism, I hold that kind of up there as the as the the benchmark for honesty in photography. So let's move on and talk about some of the other types of, I suppose photographers and type of photography that people do and interesting enough I was at an event a couple of weeks ago and I ran into a person who he was photographing there and did um, it was it's kind of a social photographic event asked them what what stuff they normally photograph and they said they were actually a they were actually a school photographer they took pictures of school classes and I said well not much opportunity there for to get creative and they said no absolutely not really because I said the most creative, I suppose, you can, you can get is obviously once you take a series of images quite often, I mean, it's not uncommon for that type of photography for people to do head swaps where, you know, you've got, you know, a class of 30 kids and a couple of them are pulling weird faces, but eventually you get a couple of shots of them not pulling weird faces. So you can do the kind of swap out the heads because they're all in the same pattern each time you you photograph them you can actually swap out the heads and and correct it so but as far as being creative in those that photography it's very and that's why that person was at this particular event they just felt like they needed to get out and do something for themselves and be creative and be able to just play and experiment what they can do with their camera rather than being in that kind of disciplined area of school class photographer and again, that's just another type of photography that, again, for the main part, is fairly honest. It's representative of what's happening at the, at the time. Like I said, there may be a little bit of post-manipulation goes on because quite often, like I said, getting 30 subjects to look at the camera and getting that perfect shot is challenging. Anyone who's actually done that type of photography, you know, shooting a large group, and quite often when I've done events and after the event, you've got a large group of people who've been at the event that you need to photograph. You know, you'll get you'll get the shot where you nearly get it right, but there's always a couple of people who are doing something a little bit strange or their face just looks a little bit awkward. And again, you feel kind of, I, this is my own personal feeling, that I feel kind of a little bit obligated that if I can fix that somehow, and like I said, it's usually by swapping out the heads from a previous shot that I've taken where they're actually looking normally at the camera and not looking kind of sideways or looking, you know, their eyes closed or something like that. Just so that then that when they see that group shot, people feel good about themselves. That's just something that I feel personally, and I think a lot of photographers who shoot that type of stuff do something similar. So again, it's not totally honest photography from the point of view that all those things weren't captured in the same time frame. Like they were captured, it could have been, you know, a minute's difference from the shot, the different shots in there between setting it up and taking a few test shots and then be able to go through those shots and then find suitable shots to to use as 
to swap out different people to make them, like I said, just make it the image more pleasing for everyone who's involved. And I think that's important. It's one of those jobs when you're doing that type of work is that you've got a lot of people to please. Like in that situation, you've got um, you want to try and make everyone happy. You don't want to try and put anyone in a bad light. So that's a, an area of photography, again, that is very different. And then you've got, I suppose, stuff like if we move into stuff like commercial photography. And commercial photography is pretty much open slaver because commercial photography is trying to sell something typically. And trying to sell something is that you're trying to put something in its, in its best possible light. And I always like to look at images of fast food outlets where burger hero shot of the burger is the burger is absolutely perfect you know the bun is fluffy and big everything looks juicy and fresh and big like not squashed down like you know typically when you pull out your cheeseburger out of the box it's been flattened down it doesn't look like anything like that you saw in the um, advertising images as you maybe went through the drive-thru and you know there's a poster board up there with the with the cheeseburger on there and you go oh yeah that one that looks great Yours will never look like that. But again, it's because of the nature of commercial photography is that it's trying to sell something. So it's really, it, you know, if they took the picture of the real burger, who's going to buy it? Like I'm just going to look at them and go, oh, I don't want the cheeseburger. Look at that. It's all flat. Um, you know, it's not looking very appealing. So again, it's kind of like in commercial photography, there is a lot of, I suppose, smoke and mirrors happens with the with the shots and I think that but it's kind of like accepted that that goes on that that's not like it's not hidden it's not something that's done secretly it's it's something that's quite well known because you've got the proof of the pudding is you can actually look at the actual product and you can actually look at the the um the advertising and you can actually see the differences and same thing happens too you see the the packet of biscuits chocolate biscuits or something and the the packet like is pristine like the the wrapper is just perfect there's not a wrinkle there's not a crease there's not a mark in the wrap you know, in the wrapper of the packet of biscuits and again by the time you go and buy your packet of uh, chocolate biscuits from the supermarket even by the time it's got on the shelf the packet's been twisted and manipulated out of shape so it's never going to look exactly like it does in the advertising and again but this is a, a form of photography where people kind of expect that something is going to be happening something is going to be changing something's you know that's going to be set up and mocked up to to represent something better and again i suppose that's one of the things of photography photography and photographs have so many different ways they can represent something and i think that's what this podcast is really talking about how different types of images can represent things very differently but they're all photographs at the end of the day but they're achieved in different ways and i think it's always interesting thinking about what other photographers do in their chosen field of of work and how they actually create these images, what disciplines they use along the way. Because sometimes even like people creating images, even though there's a lot of manipulation, they do have some, you know, some rules and boundaries that they don't cross. And I think interestingly one moving on to, you know, way which still it's it sits in the commercial photography arena is that is fashion photography and Fashion photography, I think, for many, many years took a really bad rap because fashion photography ideally should be representative of the of the clothes and the model and that type of thing. But I suppose much earlier when it was actually worked out that they had opportunity to manipulate body shapes and do different things to the model, 
to represent the model in a different way that quite often that companies use those techniques to actually change the way things look and again it was not not done honestly back originally it was really kind of something that was a kind of industry secret it wasn't really well you know wasn't publicly talked about but soon became apparent that a lot of the images that we were consuming in magazines and that weren't actually those bodies weren't actually really and I think that was a problem too is that a lot of people then looked at that and wanted to try and achieve that look and realistically that's not how that person looked so again and and rightly so I mean the industry got called out for that and that discipline now I mean that type of thing I think still probably goes on to a very small amount mainstream I think now it's fairly honest photography again honest as as it can be because again there's a lot of manipulation with different things you know there's a lot of things with lighting and a lot of things with makeup and a lot of things you can change the look of someone by simply just changing those characteristics which which means you haven't actually you haven't manipulated the photo you know what's been captured by the camera is what the camera actually saw but it's I suppose the way that it's been done and the angles that are used as well I mean obviously that's always been a that's always been a kind of a stay technique within the fashion industry is that using different angles and different types of poses will represent the model in in a slightly different way but again it is what the camera saw and again it's kind of like from that point of view there's honesty in in the actual photograph the technique in achieving the photograph might have been using some like again some smoke and mirror technique to actually make it look slightly different so again I think that's an area like commercial photography and advertising photography fashion all those type of things have different types of degrees of honesty within those within those images and the way they're actually captured so what other types of images and, and that type of stuff so the next one I'll move on to is sports photography and sports photography kind of does sit with I think within the the field of journalism because again sports photography typically is a really honest type of discipline in photography that quite often sports photographers shoot in JPEG and there's a couple of reasons that they're not going to manipulate the photos quite often the photos need to be uploaded very quickly as they're being shot quite often they're wirelessly transferred from the camera to someone who's photo editing for that particular sport and so images can be going up on the net very quickly after they've been captured and again but they're trying to capture them in such a way that they're not you know things like uniforms which have different colors on them and a lot of brands I mean these days like sporting teams are brands and like a lot of brands if you've shot ever shot for brands that it's very important for brands that you get the colors right you know certain logos on certain you know products and different manufacturers have very strict guidelines around that the color is represented correctly that it's not changed or or deviates from the original and again that happens with a lot of sporting stuff where the colors you know the temptation to go in there and saturate or 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 manipulate the colors to make them pop more is kind of not really done by sports photographers because like i said it's trying to be representative of what um, was captured through the camera and again so sports photography is one of those areas where it's pretty honest like it's a pretty honest representation of what actually happened and and there's not really much other than maybe you know cropping something out that that again that could have been and cropping's really not really manipulating a sports picture because you know you could crop in camera with um 
by using a different lens. So again, it's kind of like that area really doesn't change the the actual um, outcome or the or the main focus of the photo. So again, it's kind of one of those areas I think where there's, there's we can trust it to a large degree that it's fairly honest. It's very representative of what if you were standing on the field, what you might see is what the camera has captured. And I think that's again, it's one of those areas of photography that again is that kind of has that honest honest kind of feel about it so other types of photography and it kind of gets different then when you start moving into stuff like things like enthusiast photographers so enthusiast photographers again it's it's such a wide gamut here of what is going to happen with that image because with enthusiast photographers they you'll have the purists who will try and um, absolutely get everything in camera perfect as they can and that's the final image is how they represent that image is it's basically as captured straight out of camera a lot of you know there's a lot of people in that particular camp who like that kind of idea of, of doing it and again so then you know that is representing it as a very honest approach to photography but then there's the other extreme where in the physio field where people will go to enormous lengths of post manipulation to change that image to to add elements to take elements out to do a whole range of things that and it pretty much anything goes so really when you look at an image from a like an enthusiast it can either be that very pure very honest straight out of camera image but it also could be an actual complete rework of the whole scene with so many things change that if you went to the original image that you're not even going to recognize the two things are going to look so different but again in that particular i suppose particular field of photography from the enthusiast point of view everyone's different and everyone's unique so everyone's going to have their own spin on how they put that together and how they kind of create their images and again there's no right or wrong each photographer to their own devices um, and each will be producing something that, that suits them um, and i suppose their their feeling around photography and how they want to represent themselves for their images that they will just particularly do whatever they think they need to do to to get to that point which is again perfectly fine i think one of the other areas of photography which is interesting is that see experimental photography or abstract photography and th this is you know where the photographer goes out purposely really pushing boundaries manipulating stuff to new levels using you know capturing things using non-conventional methods and again creating some amazing images and again how you categorize those images is you know up to the individual because um, some of them will be quite honest the way they were they were um, captured using some you know very unique technique and that's what it produces and, and other ones like i said will require lots and lots and lots of modification through the process of you know getting the photograph to a particular look at the end of that process and again it's different because like i said photos are consumed differently by everybody like i said we we all have different um, types of images that we look at each day and they're all representing something different but and again and that's what i, I suppose this podcast i wanted to touch on the fact that we can have a whole range of images that we can look at in a on a day-to-day -day basis and each of those images will come from a different place and come from a different process from 
how they're actually created, whether it be a really honest representation of the world around us or whether it's a really abstract uh, illustration of the world around us, how someone likes to see. I mean, science fiction writers have kept us amused for years writing these um, incredible tales of science fiction and things that would maybe happen in the future. And, you know, it's funny how a lot of the you know stuff that's written in science fiction has actually become reality that and i think it's kind of like it plans to seed for somebody like if someone plans to seed that they want to um, see a flying car that you know someone will spend their life trying to develop the flying car because they read about it in a novel when they were you know 10 years old and again you know they become an engineer and they become in an aerospace industry where that they actually can actually work on something like that so sometimes i think these things bring people to create something that maybe previously wouldn't wouldn't have been created through that thought process and like i said so i think things like uh, photographers who basically really try experimental stuff and really try and push boundaries and and or produce really abstract work again are shaping probably potentially having some type of influence on future photographers when they see that work and on the way they might approach something so i'm thinking like i said there's all these different I suppose areas of photography and and again there's so many I suppose really quite often photography kind of falls into two camps it really into the into the actual reality camp of reality and the camp of fantasy you know things like wedding photographers again fall into that kind of that and wedding photographers can get they've got the opportunity to get creative and do some cool stuff but also, but a lot of their work on the day is is actually capturing what really happened. You know, capturing the kiss, capturing the signing, capturing a lot of different things, the celebrations, um, honestly. But then they also have this opportunity to be able to, and the client sometimes expects it that they'll produce some other images that are actually potentially very creative. And you know, one of the ones that you quite often see, and again, it's not something if you walked outside you could see and sometimes you know it's quite often if the scene allows where the bride and groom is you know the the photographer might take the bride and groom out as it gets dark and sets the camera up and does a, a really 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 long exposure to capture the night sky and then at the last minute they might just fire a flash to capture the bride and groom so the bride and groom now are kind of standing on a on a field or they're standing somewhere in the in this amazing night sky in the background and it is a single capture but it's used a technique where basically the long exposure gives a gives us a night sky and then the pop of flash gives us the actual image of the bride and groom because they're nice and bright and lit up and again it's a technique that's used quite often but again it's not it's not what i could see if you stood there and you know say say that uh, the background image was say 30 second exposure if you stood there and store, store at that image for 30 seconds you're not going to see the same thing because that's just not how our eyes work they work differently but the camera allows us to do this type of thing and create these really interesting shots that you know like i said previously couldn't be couldn't be seen by the naked eye and again but is that is that honesty or is it and again i think it falls into that category where it is technically what the camera saw that's exactly what the camera is doing it's just capturing what's in front of it but again it's the way we manipulate it and i think that's always one of the interesting things about photography and light 
and long and long exposures and um, high speed exposures can actually capture stuff that we can't see. You know, high speed cameras can capture action. You know, a bullet leaving the the, the barrel of a gun or long exposures can show us you know incredible images of the milky way in the night sky but we can't really see these things with our naked eyes because it's just not how our eyes process stuff so but again i think it's it's a part of photography that is is where as humans and and i suppose as creatives and photographers we all kind of crave at the end of the day to try and do something a bit different we're always trying to find that just trying to find that little bit something special with our photography so I hope this has got you really thinking about the different types of photography and, and different types of photographs that you might see in, a, in your daily life that you might just come across all these different images and they're all going to come with different context and they're all going to be shot for different reasons and they're all going to have different um, degrees of um, honesty attached to them and I think it's always good to think about stuff and again all those things are correct like I don't think there's anything that's bad about any way that someone uses some technique to, to capture a picture it's a means to an end and like I said sometimes you know that's the path that the photographer takes and again so yeah look I hope you're really enjoying your photography like I said we love your feedback if you like listening to the podcast and you're kind of a regular listener drop us a message you know either jump onto our socials onto and there's the um in the show notes there's some details in there where you can jump on and just like I said either send us a direct message or just drop a comment in there because like I said we'd love to hear it and like I said you might have some ideas about something that you might want to hear about on the podcast but definitely put that in the comments or drop that in a dm as well and we'll definitely see if we can accommodate that into a future episode until next time enjoy your photography and have fun this has been Steve Finkel for Photo Mission Focus discussing photography talk again real soon see ya